When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. All right, welcome into the program. This is Red Sox Pete again on CLNS Radio. This episode of Red Sox Pete is brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. Get $50 off any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com backslash Celtics and enter that promo code, which is Celtics, to get that $50 off a great, great uh, product in Casper mattresses. Um, two-man show this week. Lauren Campbell could not join us, so I am joined only by Jess Thomas this week. Jess, what's going on, my friend? Jess, you and me again. Yeah, looking forward to talking some Red Sox and obviously more specifically some David Ortiz. We're going to get to Big Poppy. Big week for Big Poppy. Uh, if he wasn't already, I think it kind of cemented himself into the Hall of Fame. We'll get to that. We got some stuff on a uh, former Red Sox came back. Old school got a start this week. Pitched really well. Mookie Betts in the conversation. Dustin Pedroia in the conversation. Bunch of stuff going around the, on around the league as we get closer to the playoffs. Yeah, we're talking playoffs in September. Weather's starting to cool off a little bit, which means fall baseball is coming around the corner. Uh, but first, let's uh, let's jump on these. Um, actually, no, let's not. Let's do reach questions first. I'm stupid. Jess, what have we got reach going on? <laughs> well, it, I'm screwing things up already. We got two questions this week, and the responses were overwhelmingly the same. Uh, my first question was when Pedroia was coming back on Tuesday. My question was, will Dustin Pedroia's return help or hurt team chemistry? I got eight responses, which is excellent, and all eight said help. So nobody thought he'd come back and mess it up, which is good. We want we want Pedroia to come back and help. Because he wasn't going to. There's no way he could screw that up. It, it happened before, though, with, with better, more star players that come back and everyone. I feel like it might happen more in basketball because like a star comes back and, and everyone's yeah. like, oh my god, this guy's incredible, let's forget how to play basketball. But <laughs> I think it doesn't happen quite so much in baseball. So everyone said help, which is good because that's what's happened. And my other question was after Ortiz hit his 500th, I said, will David Ortiz make the Hall of Fame? Um, I know probably more Red Sox fans uh, answering this than, than most. And I'm sure the response is different around the league. But got six responses and all six said yes as well. So we got Pedroia and Poppy fans here in Boston. That's for sure. And that's a good thing. Love it. There you go. There are your reached questions for the week. Of course, you can follow us at uh, reachtap.com backslash CLNS. Sports fans want to engage with their favorite CLNS personalities. Download the reached app today for both the iPhone and Android. 
Are you a fan of the Celtics, Red Sox, Bruins, or Patriots? Make your voice heard. Join your favorite show, and our host will ask the questions. Maybe your answer will get heard on air, just like those just did now. Download the Restop today. Again, at the URL is www.restop.com backslash CLNS. You can download the app in either of the stores. It's a great thing. We'll get your uh, answers going on here as well. Jess will get more questions out throughout the week. You can, again, you can also find us there, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Tumblr. Start using Reddit. I, I was just told today, so that's exciting as well. Yeah, we're all going to be signing uh, up for that. We're, uh, you're going to find a lot of CLNS on Reddit coming up just around the corner, so that's going to be big for our uh, services as well for you, written and audio coverage, so keep an eye out for that. Um, but now, Jess, let's uh, let's get into some MLB headlines there because there were some notable ones this past week. First, uh, Phillies, the Phillies have released GM Ruben Amaro. He was the GM since November 3rd, 2008, and was responsible for that World Series uh, a few years ago. Secondly, the Detroit Tigers have let their manager, Brad Ausmus, go this week as well. He will be known for getting oh so close and coming up short. Um, seems to be a candidate if the Red Sox are looking for a new manager in the offseason to be uh, to be retained here by the Red Sox if Farrell is not brought back. Obviously, just because of the Dave Dombrowski ties, they might like to work together again. So that might happen. So keep an eye out for Brad Ausmus. Um, Troy Tulowitzki will be out two to three weeks with a cracked left shoulder blade. Um, obviously, this could put a huge change on the AL East, but the uh, Blue Jays seem to be uh, pumping on without him. So hopefully, for all of our sakes, the Yankees don't catch him because of that. And uh, finally, the Mets are on a seven-game winning streak, and they are now, I believe, the team to beat in the National League. And those, ladies and gentlemen, are your MLB headlines brought to you by Linda.com. Over 4,500 different courses taught by experts online. Just sign up for the courses. You get your free 10-day trial at Linda.com backslash CLNS, courtesy of both of us. So go on and check it out. Great service. Um, Just start with the Phillies. I think this was kind of a long time coming at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, so he's been, Amaro's been so hesitant to do anything for a number of years. They're always talking trades, trades, trades. Who should he trade? Who should he get rid of? Get rid of these these big guys who aren't so good anymore and could help different teams. And he just was so picky with everything. He would always ask too much, and he hardly traded anyone. And they just got terrible over the last couple of years. So now he's just sitting here with the worst team in the league, really not doing that much. So what reasons does he have to stay? He's not. He's just, he's just not getting the job done at all. He sucks. Um, <laughs> to put it bluntly. Bl- bluntly, he sucks. He. The thing for me with him is, like you said, he was so hesitant on pulling the trigger. He had Cole Hamill's deal in the offseason, wouldn't pull the trigger. He had guys sitting there. You could have easily traded, and you still probably could trade um, Josh Howard. Ryan Howard. Ryan Howard, excuse me. Oh, I'm thinking, I don't know why I'm thinking Josh Howard. Um, <laughs> yeah, right? My mind's on basketball. Uh, you could have trade, easily traded Ryan Howard, and he just hasn't. And he took so long and, to trade Hamels. He took so long to get rid of Utley. And Papelbon, too. And Papelbon. Could have got, got rid of Papelbon a long time ago, but he he was so hesitant, and I think that he was still living with those guys from the from that first World, that World Series, and couldn't let those guys go, and he didn't finally, but I think it was just too little too late, and they kind of, uh, his writing was on the wall a while ago. The team has not been good since that World Series, and it's going to be a while probably before they're good again. So, uh, Phillies fans, enjoy your World Series title, because you're not getting one anytime well, soon. That's the thing, like, they finally got rid of some of these guys, and now they just have a bunch of young players who really aren't that good. Yeah, because so... they, they were banking on the older guys, now they're like, oh, well, now we have a crap farm system and no veterans, so now what? So they got to really re- kick the uh, restart yeah, button on that. Time to start over without tomorrow, they'll be better off. Yeah. <laughs> um, Brad Osmus. Is it official that he's gone or is it just like a report? I'm pretty sure he was gone. Okay. Because I saw that, that they thought he was gonna, they were going to get rid of him. And then I saw something that said that like Tiger's moving on without Osmus. So I wasn't 100% sure if he was actually officially 
going to be gone or not, but we'll assume he is. I mean, they've had a terrible year overall. They're even worse than, well, the Red Sox have played great recently, but they're worse than the Red Sox by a couple of games, and they're worse than almost every team in the league. They've had a really bad year. Um, so I'm not really surprised because they expect teams to be good in Detroit. I am surprised in that he's really not been there that long, and they didn't really give him that much of a shot. But I guess when you expect winning, you can't really afford any bad seasons, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Nichols is saying he was, and a couple are saying he wasn't. So um, I'm going to go with, but it looks like he actually wasn't. So as much as I want to say he was, he wasn't, I don't think. But there were a couple articles that said he was that popped up at the bottom. So um, I think that was just the earlier reports. Um, either way, he's probably going to be gone, so we can still talk about it. Um, because that team's bad. And honestly, we can stick to the Red Sox side of that. If he was to get fired, slash he might be already, I don't even know. Um, I think he, I don't think he is now that I look at it again. But I wouldn't really want him here. Because... Him and Dombrowski clearly didn't win a World Series in Detroit. Why would it do anything better here? Well, he's not proven. He's, I mean, he didn't even retire that long ago from baseball. I mean, he's he's 46 years old. He's he's still young and green, and he's he hasn't I mean, he hasn't given us a reason to think that he'll be a World Series manager. I mean, he had pretty good luck last year, just maybe by chance. I mean, I, I don't know how much credit you can give to him, but it's he hasn't really shown us. He hasn't been around long enough to show us that he'd be worthy of being a manager. Yeah, I think you're going to have to go with um, a, a, maybe an older veteran who maybe is out of the game at the moment until you find someone long-term. If Farrell's still not your guy, which I believe he's going to be here, I don't think they're getting rid of him. But um, I think that if you were to let Farrell go and you were looking for another manager, I don't think Osmus would be your guy. I think you're going to bring someone in who's not maybe not around the game. I would love John Leland to come in for a couple years. If he was willing, I know he's old as hell, but I, I, I'm more than willing to let him do it for a couple of years and then go on from there. But either way, Osmus in if he's out, good call. <laughs> um, Troy Tulowitzki being out though, Jess, um, it's definitely a shot to them because he's such a great bat and stuff. But they have so many of them that I don't think they're gonna really miss to beat him being out two or three weeks. Let him get healthy and then bring him back for the playoffs. The other thing about Tulowitzki is he hasn't really done very well since he got there. He has five home runs, but his average is the last time I looked, it was like two thirty three, not very good. So yeah, I don't think they're gonna miss him that much, and they got a bunch of other good hitters. If he's playing well, he obviously is a huge help, but I don't think it's gonna hurt them that much. But if they want their full arsenal, they're gonna have to wait a little bit and hope to hold off the Yankees in the meantime. Yeah, I think they will. I think they're just playing better baseball. I think they're more consistent, um, and I, I think they're gonna pull it out. I think Tolowitz gonna come back and help them in the playoffs. He's always been big in the playoffs. Tolowitz together, I'd, I'd like him in the playoffs. He's kind of a clutch player when he needs to be. So um, I look for him to come back from this healthy and strong and hopefully uh, help the Blue Jays make a nice little postseason run. They'd be a fun team to watch this offseason and have a team to root for. I think it should be them. Um, and finally, the Mets on that win streak. Um, I think they're the team to beat in the NL. I really do. They're, they're, they're kind of clicking on all cylinders right now. I, I think they really are the team to beat. Well, it's tough to know. It's funny because the basis we have for them, unless you like watch them, all the time is how they played against the Red Sox and they didn't play that well against the Red Sox. So, <laughs> so I'm not, True. I don't know how sold I am on them. I mean, obviously they've had a good year. They're 82 and 61. They got a nine and a half game lead over the nationals. Those wonderful world, Stupid world series title nationals that everyone thinks every year, every year people think they're national to win the world series. It's always in the magazines. Every magazine's like, Oh, 
Nationals, World Series, every person online. Well, hold on. You still read magazines? Yeah, I do. <laughs> old school, man. Yeah, I like, I like to keep up the magazines. I feel like you're one of the few people who still own a magazine and like read actual hard, like hard copy magazines. Yeah. Wow. Do you still get them like ordered to your house? Yeah, my dad got me a subscription a couple of years ago, and we've just kept it up. So. To what? Which magazine? ESPN. You support those guys, don't you? But then also, um, I get Sports Illustrated from someone else too. Jeez, so. old school. Reading the magazines, man. So I got the magazines under control. Look at you. Old soul over there, Jess Thomas. <laughs> so that's crazy. So yeah, magazines, but also, also websites. <laughs> People <laughs> on websites always every year. You got like, you know, you got like a a poll of like ten writers, and like six of them are like, yeah, Nationals, World Series, every year, and it never happens. <laughs> yeah, see, at least last year, Jess, they like had a good record, at least. Were like <laughs> the top seed going in, and they just kind of choked in the playoffs. This year, they're not even going to make the playoffs, and the team's like the same exact. So, like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. They're just kind of screwing themselves over. They're seventy-two and seventy right now. They're barely better than the Red Sox. Come on. That's yeah. That's crazy they're, to think that way. They're three games better than the Red Sox. Like, really? With that roster, the Nationals that are supposed to win the World Series every year. Like, come on. It's pathetic. Screw them. Yeah, I don't, I'm sick I don't of them. Know. I don't care. I don't even want to talk about them. I they so underachieving and they're so hyped up and they just don't do it <laughs> uh i agree with you because they <laughs> you can't really be mad about that because they are that bad um they have all this hype every year and they just don't do it and it's more proof of that being that many games behind the mets who weren't supposed to be contenders just yet but they are proving everyone wrong and they're playing as a top team and they're going to push for a world series this year and i think they're going to come pretty darn close the thing um, that annoys me about the nationals is not even like their team. It just, it just annoys me that everyone thinks they're so good. Like I hate, the, I hate the writers and the websites for picking them. Because what's the basis of it? They haven't won before. Wait, what? What is the reason? I don't get it. <laughs> I think, I think the reason why people pick them is because they won last year. Were the best team all year, so we, everyone had any reason to think they keep going in the playoffs, and they didn't. But. That's almost like the idea of everyone still picking the Dodgers too. It's like everyone wants to think the Dodgers are good, <laughs> but the Nationals but then, don't have like, experience. Like they don't really have that much playoff experience. True. So yeah, I, would... I, I, th- I think they were just going off of raw talent on the roster and hoping that their pitching would hold up and Bryce Harper would be good all the time and he just hasn't been consistent. So yeah, we'll see. But th- there you go. Nationals aren't going to be the playoffs, so you don't have to worry about that. True. Um, but there are your MLB headlines again. Um, t- got through a little bit of stuff around the league. Um. Big week in uh, the Red Sox land, though, over here, Red Sox Nation. Um, obviously, a big popular to start with the home run, but that's not really all that happened. So let's get uh, Jess's weekly recap here on what happened for the Red Sox. It was a fun week. Uh, I, won't, I won't dwell on uh, Monday's game because we actually covered that on the last show because we did the show. Afterwards, yep. the uh, Sox won 11-4 to on Monday against the Blue Jays. A very good statement win on on labor day uh for the week before i get into it they went four and two which was excellent so tuesday uh, i went to this game it was against the blue jays again r.a dickey against henry owens i thought it was gonna be a high scoring game because i figured the blue jays would light up owens and i figured that maybe dickey's knuckleball wouldn't be so good and i was very wrong and i actually went to a really low scoring game instead <laughs> I was it was one to one for most of the game. Travis Shaw had a home run for the Red Sox. 
and uh, Dickey shut down the Red Sox otherwise. Owens gave up some base runners almost every inning against the Blue Jays, but they couldn't cash in in the big moments, and it ended up going to extra innings where Alexia Gondo stunk up the joint, gave up four runs in the top of the 10th inning. Uh, Josh Donaldson hit one off the off the top of the wall that looked like a home run. They called it a triple, and then mm-hmm. they subsequently scored four straight runs on a uh, RBI single for Tolowitzki, RBI single for Colabello. Uh, they scored in a balk and a sack fly, so total, total <laughs> yeah. disaster all all inning for Agano. It was ugly to be at, especially after watching such a well-pitched game, just to see him just come in and blow the entire thing immediately. It was discouraging. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't fun to watch. They had a chance to win. I mean, they were tied the whole game, and and uh, they had a guy on base after Ortiz walked in the ninth, and Bruce and Castillo pinch ran and got thrown out stealing, which is not what you want to do when you could, no. when you could win the game at the bottom of the ninth. So. Nope. They definitely could have won that game, so they were angry about it. So they came out on Wednesday and beat up the Blue Jays again, 10-4. to 4. So quite a weekend against the Blue Jays, scoring 22 runs in three games against the best offense, which was definitely not the best offense that weekend. So that was that was fun and encouraging to see. That was a great game. Uh, Ortiz hit his 498th at the time, inching one step closer. Uh, the Sox scored all 10 of their runs in the third, fourth, and fifth innings combined. They had four in the third, two in the fourth, and four again in the fifth. Um Mookie Betts also had a home run, along with Ortiz. And Joe Kelly picked up his eighth straight victory with five and two-thirds innings, only one run total, six hits, five Ks. It was another solid outing for, for Kelly. And Joe a, Kelly, man. Joe Kelly. Come on strong. <laughs> eight straight wins. Not even a no decision in between any of those. Just eight straight. Nope. Just eight straight wins. Very impressive. I'm, I'm pumped. Hope he can keep doing it, man. Yeah, if he well, like that, I'll, uh, I'll I'll take this guy, and maybe he will be Cy Young. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't. I won't go as far as saying Cy Young, but maybe he can stay consistent. And actually, be in the rotation. If he never loses. He'll be Cy Young. That's for sure. <laughs> that's true. Be like twenty and zero. That's what I'm talking about. So, he can stay if that happens. So that was a good series. Two out of three uh, brought us into the that end of the homestand. Actually, a uh, very good homestand. I believe it was. Seven and three. It was a good homestand either way. Yes, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think it was a ten gamer. So, good homestand uh, brought us into the ro- first first of uh, nine on the road against the Tampa Bay Rays on Friday. That was a tough game. The other loss on the tr- on the uh, of the week because the Rays got up three to one in the first inning off Wade Miley. Then he settled in really nicely as he has done a lot this season. Pitched seven innings remarkably after giving up the three runs in the first. And gave the Red Sox a chance to win. He left with the lead. The Sox got three runs back and made a 4-3 ball game. But then Janichi Tozawa came in, <laughs> bottom of the eighth, and totally blew everything that ever could have been. He gave up four runs on four hits in a third of an inning. Really bad. They need to evaluate him. They need to decide what's going on with him next year. I know He might not be on this team next year. Well, he keeps having some good games, but the, when he pitches bad, he's really, really bad. They gotta decide if it's him being overworked or if it's just him in the decline. They gotta decide to get rid of him now. They gotta Dombrowski's gotta figure that one out. Right, because you don't want him coming in every five or seven days and blowing a game. <laughs> exactly. Because he's no, yeah, he's, you gotta have a go. He's blown like well, I don't know, like five games this year, and most of them recently. It's, yeah, you gotta have a reliable guy in the eighth. He obviously, you already know he can't close. He's tried that, so 
you got you got to have a guy in the eighth who can do his thing, and he's usually that guy. But he's been—I don't know if it's him being overworked or what—but they got to figure that one out this offseason too. That's why it's so disappointing because he's been such a good pitcher the last two years. No complaints yeah. out of me. He's been great, but he's yeah blowing too many games for for our liking here. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so that was rough. Rays won eight to four after being a low-scoring game for most of the game. Fortunately, as against the uh, Blue Jays when they lost, they came out with a great game. The next day, on Saturday, which of course was David Ortiz's big day, we'll start in the first inning. He hit a three-run homer in the bottom of the uh, sorry, the top of the first to put the Red Sox up three to nothing. It was his four ninety-ninth, one step closer. Um, and then after a couple more Red Sox home runs, Betts had a home run, Pedroia had a home run, back to back, back to back, out, back to back, uh, and the Sox were already up big by the time the fifth inning came and David Ortiz in the top of the fifth cranked number 500 off Matt Moore who's terrible <laughs> and <laughs> he, not to diminish the home run but Matt Moore is not good he used to be and then he had surgery and he's been really bad this year socks have roughed him up twice so he gave a nice uh, inside curveball right in David Ortiz's wheelhouse and he blasted number 500 way deep great moment he trotted the bases very slowly, everyone gave him his space, stepped on the plate, pointed skyward, and then got to greet every member of the team. Had to hug everybody on the next to the dugout, getting cheers from all the Red Sox fans that were in Tampa Bay, which there were mm-hmm. a pretty decent number of. And uh, he got it, number 500, got another hit his next to bat, pinch ran, got pinch run four, got the day off on Sunday, so... Good stuff for David Ortiz all the way around. Number 500. We'll talk about it more after I finish the recap. But it was a great, great game. A 10-4 to 4 win. Five home runs. Travis Shaw hit one, two. Uh, and two home runs for Ortiz. Him and Albert Pujols both hit 499 and 500 in the same game. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So that was an excellent win. And that brought us into Sunday, which is another game we'll go more in depth about. It was a 2 nothing win for the Red Sox in 13 innings. Ruzne Castillo won it in the top of the 13th with a 2-RBI single. The Red Sox had 14 hits. The Rays had 3. Rich Hill pitched 7 innings, 1 hit, which probably should have been an error. 10 strikeouts, no runs. The guy was absolutely dominant in his first start in 6 years. He pitched like an ace. He was really fun to watch. I watched the entire game. He, he really was dominating. He shut him down. Unfortunately, the Sox couldn't score off Drew Smiley either, and they ended up getting 19 strikeouts in the game total, which is a one-off of franchise high. So it was a ton of strikeouts and a lot of base runners for the Sox, but they could not get him in until the 13th. But all was well and good. They won 2 nothing. The Rays have lost 11 straight extra inning games, and the Sox finished the week with a nice 4-2, and two, and I believe Lauren got the entire week right. She picked it exactly right. Well, we'll brag for her. Yeah, she got two, She's not here. two out of three from the Jays, two out of three from the Rays. She picked that in the four and two week. I was one off with a, uh, I picked a five and one week. I picked a sweep of the Rays, which didn't happen. And then you picked losing two out of three from the Jays, which they won two out of three. And then you picked a sweep of the Rays. So you get close to the record, but not, not quite each series. So Yeah, good for Lauren. Good job, Lauren. Finally, someone besides Jess got everything right. I know. <laughs> it's like Jess being right all the time. Don't worry, I'll be back this week. Oh, copy. But think about copy, it. I was copy. so close to getting it right already. I mean, if they didn't, if they didn't, if Tazawa didn't blow the game on Friday, then I would have gotten the week right. <laughs> that, is, that is true. Having faith in Tazawa is a bad thing, apparently. Yeah, unfortunately. 
And your MVP for the week. Gotta give it to David Ortiz. I don't care what anybody else did. If somebody if somebody went twenty for twenty, I still would have given it to David Ortiz. <laughs> <laughs> he had three home runs, nine RBI for the week, a number of runs, a number of hits, and of course, number five hundred. There you go. Good recap, as always, by Jess Thomas. Um, Ortiz we'll get to in a second again, but there you go. MVP, David Ortiz, big week with the long ball and uh, cementing himself in the Hall of Fame as well this week, I believe. And there is Jess's recap, which is brought to you by DraftKings this week. Football season only just begun, but it already feels like the playoffs at DraftKings.com, America's favorite one-week fantasy football site where millionaires are being crowned all season long. One-week fantasy at DraftKings means no season-long commitments. It's fantasy football on demand. Play where you want, when you want, with all the players you want. Add with a million bucks up for grabs every week. Every game is the big game and every play matters. So first and 10 in the first quarter feels like fourth and goal with one second left. Every play is pressure packed and a long touchdown run could mean the more than just for a victory than your favorite team. It could mean you just turned your love of football into a million dollar payday. This isn't fantasy as usual, everyone. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. Hurry to DraftKings.com now and use promo code New England to play for free for a shot at $1 million in this week's Millionaire Maker event with the games upcoming this week. Be on your couch looking up nice and intently at every game. And even if your team's not doing too hot this week, you have your DraftKings lineup to look forward to. Enter New England again for free. Entry now at DraftKings.com. Again, that's DraftKings.com. I played this past week. It was terrible, of course. Never have any luck with that stuff. Um, oh, sorry to hear that. Yeah, I do it for the fun of it. <laughs> Extra excitement besides the three fantasy leagues I'm in. Huh. Right. But uh, anyway... There, there you go. And let's, let's uh, keep the David Ortiz talk going. So, again, just like you just mentioned his recap, hit his 499th and 500th, the same game in Tampa. It's a great moment. Unfortunately, it didn't happen at Fenway Park, which is what we were all were hoping for, but he just couldn't squeak by. He left with 498, two right? Games, I yeah, believe. two games late. <laughs> yeah, just, two just games missed. late. Um, obviously, it wasn't going to turn around and wait to wasn't going to happen on, at home next time because he's just on the road for too long. He was going to get it on the road up to that point. He's got um, home runs to hit. He can't wait around. <laughs> he's not going to wait around. Um, That's what he does. One thing I will say is I'm glad Don Orsillo made the call. Oh, I've been yeah. telling this to everyone. I'm telling this to everyone I've talked to about it. I'm Of all things that could have happened to Don Orsillo on the way out, this is the best thing. Don, he got to call something that he should have been able to call. He's called so many great moments in the history of the Red Sox and so many of those Ortiz homers. And now he got to call the big one for Ortiz and what basically the one swing that probably cemented himself into the hall of fame without a doubt in my mind. Um, uh, I mentioned this, I, I think, I don't know if I don't think though, I think I mentioned it to some people, but he now is one of three others. I think he's became the fourth person to have three world series rings and have 500 home runs, which is in, yes, a, which is crazy. Reggie Jackson, <laughs> Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle. Oh, uh, the other three. Yep. yep. Um, and that's a huge class to be in, and that right there puts him in the Hall of Fame to me. That's something that you can't – with 500 home runs and have the three World Series titles to go with it, um, and the clutch hitter he was, uh, a lot of people tell me he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame because of he wasn't playing every day. He's a backup. He's coming off the bench. Yeah, but he did his thing. He, he He's a Hall of Famer. He, he's come up big in big games, and the DH is part of the game. He's not grinding every inning, and I get that, but I still think that he belongs in the Hall of Fame in my opinion. Um, we'll see how he gets voted in if he does if he gets voted obviously once he retires but i just think this was a great moment for him and it's just i'm again so happy that don arcelo don arcelo got to make that call yeah i'm i'm thrilled that don called it obviously it has to be that way he's 
Don's been here since 2001, Ortiz has been here since 2003, so he's called literally almost all of his home runs. So it's only fitting that he called number 500. It's a fantastic call. If you haven't listened to it, please do. It was a great call of it. Joe Castiglione's call of it was great, too. They were both thoroughly excited, as they should have been, because it's a fantastic moment. And, you know, the, the calls sometimes are just as good as the hits. You know, there's, <laughs> that's what people remember, too. They don't remember just the hit. They remember the call of the hit. So I loved that. It was great for, for Don to do that. It was classic. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, people are going to complain about this always and say that he shouldn't make the Hall of Fame because... Because he's a DH. Well, that's great that he's a DH, but he's the best DH ever. So if you're going to whine and complain about DH, look at people's stats and be like, oh, maybe we can uh, look at this guy as as an exception to this DH thing because he's the best one ever. He's most home runs, he's most RBI, he's most hits. Like, he is the best designated hitter of all time. No question about it. So if you're going to have somebody be it, have it be him. 500 home runs, three World Series, what do you want? You're always going to get that, like you said, Jess. It's always going to be the question of, oh, what, what about this? Oh, look, he might he might have done something. I don't care. He didn't do it. Like, there's no proof. Like, no, all true. the guys from the, the steroid era, all the Bonses and the Sosas and the McGuire's and there's the Seikos, of course. Proof. Some of them admitted it. Like Most of them admitted it. <laughs> yeah, most of them at this point have admitted it. But, like, there was concrete proof that they really couldn't get around it. There's nothing that says David Ortiz did steroids. No. There's no proof. So why are you lumping him in with the stoop, the group that did it? which was a whole era. It was the 90s. Like, the 90s was steroids. Now it's not. Ortiz did not do anything. I don't believe he did steroids. I don't either. And he said that he said that whatever it was had to be some kind of, like, supplement or something, just something minor that for somehow, like, popped up as that. And obviously yep. he didn't mean to take it. And there's been no proof that it was steroids. Nobody's proved it was steroids. Nobody's, like, talked about it or figured out what it was or pursued it or but anything. You know, but you know... But you know how people can get just with headlines. It look it's all, it happened with the flake game. I'm not going to get into that, but like you see someone sees something they want to see and it turns into, "Oh, well, look, his name's on that report. Oh my god, he did it." No. Yeah, people are going to say whatever they want, unfortunately. Like like look, it, like if you go to the Tom Brady case, "Oh, well, the Walls report said he was generally aware." No, that doesn't mean he did it. Read the stupid report. Yeah, you, like, you can't go. It says it. he didn't do it. He said he probably didn't do it. But like read those reports that Ortiz's names were on. All the stuff that came out after that report came out. Um they based a lot of the articles after that said, oh, it was probably a lot of things said, like just what Justice said. It was probably a supplement. It probably wasn't this. We don't believe he did it. Like, right, like all my, the minor stuff. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it was all minor stuff. It wasn't, oh, see, well, David Ortiz did steroids. Like, no, shut up, people. He did not do steroids. He's not Mark McGuire who come out and said, yeah, I did steroids for most of my career. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, like, <laughs> did, did Ortiz get bigger? Not really. No, he like, was. Look at all the. He was huge in this older days. If you look at the film. Like, yeah, like look at the look at the actual facts of like his um, like actual symptoms of taking steroids. When he came from Minnesota to here, he was a pretty big dude. Yeah, it wasn't like he was went from Barry Bonds twig to Barry Bonds. Look at me, I'm I'm, I'm, a, I'm a muscle boy. <laughs> like I, I I am a meathead. Like that's no, it was I'm big in Minnesota to big in Red <laughs> Sox, but he, he figured it out how to hit here. Like Minnesota didn't give him a shot. He came here and figured it out. No, Minnesota told him to hit singles. Yeah. And he was like, what about home runs? <laughs> no, his, like that his, his weight's power. fluctuated. Like, he's been a little smaller and a little bigger, but he hasn't. He didn't go from small to big and stop. Like, he, he varies like yeah, a normal yeah, human being. Like a normal human being. Yeah, <laughs> his diet is consistent, but he's going to change weight. So, 
I don't believe he did steroids, and I don't want to taint this conversation with that. But I believe it's a great thing that he got his 500th home run. Um, he might be up at some really high world class in the next couple of years because who he can hit 50 home runs in the next couple of years. He's not going anywhere for probably two more years. So you got to think the rest. The fact that he's already hit 34 this year, and there's still three weeks left, and he's 39 years old is incredible. Yeah, he's probably gonna. He's obviously. I think he's gonna hit 40 this year. I don't oh, know. Oh yeah, six more unless they unless they sit him. Which Tori Lovello um, said today that that's not going to happen. He says he's going to exactly. play normally just like he has. So I expect him to hit 40 this year. At least. Which, that puts him minimum at 506. I think he'll get to like 510 by the end of this year. Um, then you have a whole other year next year and probably a whole other year after that. you got to think he's probably going to hit at least. I'm putting like 30 on him next year and maybe 25 or 30 the year after. That puts him at, if you say 30 each year, that's 560. Put 10 on left. That's 570 when he's done. Yeah, probably somewhere between 550 and 570. You got to think it's a safe bet. If he falls off yeah. a little bit, maybe 540 to 560. But like, I'm, th- I'm thinking 570 max. So like, yeah. that's still, between 550 and 570, that's some good company up there. Yeah. To put your name down as. Lot, it's not like he's lot, stopping at 500. A lot of steroid company. <laughs> yeah, but he, but yeah, okay, but he's the one who's not doing it with steroids, and he, he's the one who hasn't admitted anything, and he's the one That's what makes who it even it more impressive. Me. So, like, and yeah, it might lump him in with people, the voters might lump him in with that, but I think that writers aren't stupid. I think the writers notice. I think the writers appreciate what he does, and I, I think he's getting in. I don't think I don't think there's any question that he's getting in. Well, he's uh, as we know, he's 27th all time right now. Um, he's got five more to pass Eddie Murray which probably will happen this year. Oh, yeah. Um, Gary Sheffield is 509, so he's 10 away from beating that. And then he's, Get that. Then he's got Mel Ott with 511, Eddie Matthews, and Ernie Banks with 512. So already with just 13 more home runs, he'll jump up from 27th to 22nd. He'll be above Ernie Banks with 12 more home runs. Yeah, you know what the big one is, though? What? Ted Williams. What number is he? What was Ted at? 521. 521. He'll, he'll finish higher. 22 more, and he'll pass Ted Williams. He'll pass Ted Williams. He doesn't have as many as Ted had with the Red Sox, because all of Ted's are with the Red Sox. But overall, well, he'll pass him. Well, yeah. I mean, he's probably going to pass that next year, like, first month. Yeah. Because if he's probably going to get... Say he gets 10 more now. He'll just need 10, 10 or 11. 12, 13 more. Yeah, like, he'll be fine. He'll get that early next year. Unless he does what um, he did this year and hit... Maybe June, six, depending so, on the yeah. way he wants to start hitting. <laughs> People forget but, that he um, had six home runs and was hitting 220 on June 10th, and now he has 34 home runs and 95 RBI. It's mind-boggling. He's always like been like that the last couple of years. It's late starts, late starts, and he turns it on for the play. He turned it on for 13 in the playoffs and the, that whole thing. Hopefully, I need playoff baseball. I miss playoff baseball. I hate it so much. Uh, well, you know, uh, the bet we had last week, it's still possible. <laughs> just direct yourselves to last week's podcast if you want to hear what that bet was. Unlikely, uh-huh. but hey. You never know. Unlikely, but hey, you never know. Another good week. So uh, you never know. But there you go. David Ortiz, 500 homer. Obviously big news. Um, let's move on, though, Jess, because I do want to get to this next story. And it's kind of a big – it's not really a big deal, but it's kind of a cool story. Um, Rich Hill, who some of you might remember the name. He used to play for the Red Sox. Um, he's 35 now. And he was currently, most recently, pitching for the Long Island Ducks. And I believe that's a pro ball, sound like semi-pro ball, like team. Like it wasn't anything. It's just one of those where, like people where people go is basically to have their careers die. <laughs> is essentially what the Long Island Ducks is. Sorry, Long Island Ducks, but it's true. Um, 
he started pitching again. He had Tommy John, and he hasn't been able to bounce back, but he, they let him start like actually starting again, and he was pitching well. And we talked about this last week on the podcast too, Jess, that the Red Sox were looking to get to a six-man rotation. Um, and we kept <laughs> seeing and throwing around Matt Barnes. Like, who's it going to be? <laughs> that was the only logical name. We couldn't think of another one. Uh, the Red Sox clearly earned their paycheck because they thought of Rich Hill. Um, and they only bought him from those lovely Long Island Ducks for a couple grand, I believe it was, um, which is clearly not obviously a terrible value for someone at that age just come just get, taking his contract from the Ducks. Um, awesome start the other night against. He went seven innings, seven and a little bit innings. Yep. I don't remember the exact. Seven innings, line. ten strikeouts, one hit. Ten strikeouts is the big one to me because this guy is 35 years old, coming off a of Tommy John surgery, and he's able to throw 10 Ks like that in his first start in the majors in a while. Um, that's good stuff. He was signed to AAA for a little bit, before, and he was pitching there. He was under three. He had like a two-seven-something ERA in AAA or something like that with Pawtucket before he um, got called up to be part of the six-man rotation. I say let him keep pitching. Why not? Um, if you, cause especially because of the reasoning behind the, their six-man rotation decision, I'm okay with it. They want to lighten the workload on uh, Eddie Rodriguez and Henry Owen, which I'm fine with. They're young arms. You don't, want, you don't need to kill them. Um, and now you have a guy in Rich Hill who can help you with a six-man rotation through the last three weeks of the year. I think this guy isn't going to be any more than a filler this year. Maybe a good story going into spring training next spring, but it's worth a look at, and it definitely obviously takes some uh, pressure off the young guns the rest of the year. Yeah, I think the plan the the plan is to have him pitch two more starts. You know, finish the year off with the two or three more starts. I guess. I mean, no reason not to see if he can replicate that. Obviously, he wasn't facing a very good hitting team in the race, but he was so good. His curveball was filthy. His fastball had enough deception on it that they kept swinging and missing. He had them all over the place. They couldn't get any solid contact. No hitter reached past second base against him. He was he threw more pitches than he was supposed to. They wanted to throw 100. He threw like 109 or 110 because he felt mm-hmm. he felt good. So like it's it was so dominant. I just, it was so fun to watch and so unexpected because I didn't I didn't know what to expect from him because. You know, he hasn't even started for six years, so really, I forgot about Rich Hill. So did I. He used to be, I'm thinking most people did, though. And then he just appears here, and it's like, hey, he's starting. <laughs> well, remember me? Yeah. Um, right. I mean, he was again fair. He was playing for the Long Island Ducks. Most people probably forgot about him. But um, I'm really crap on the Long Island Ducks right now. Yeah, I mean, no one even knows. I'm him. just it's okay. I, I'm just throwing. I'm just throwing crap at them. Um, it's okay, Long Island Ducks, if, if you want a little uh, resurgence, my first word was quack when I was a kid, so if that makes you feel any better. <laughs> um, either way, I do like the Rich Hill story, Jess, I really do. I'm, I hope to see some good starts from him. Um, I don't know if I like the Red Sox winning, per se. <laughs> I hate to say that. but um, and I can, I, well, Actually, we can talk about that in a second. But um, I do like the Rich Hill story. I do like him as an extra arm. Um, again, and I hope he maybe even is a good feel feel good story coming in the spring training next year and see what he can do. But What's the thing? Even if he doesn't start for us next year, which he most likely won't, pitch, no. pitching well like this, and if he pitches well the rest of the season, he could find another team and continue pitching the majors. Yeah, get you a job somewhere else. At 35 years old, I'm sure he'll take a paycheck anywhere at this point. Right. Uh, and, and it's weird, too, because you think most people now who have Tommy John, they pretty much have a decent recovery and kind of get back to decent pitching, but he had a tough road to come back from this Tommy John. It took a long time. He wasn't pitching well, and he was out of the game, and he had to get back into it. And he, I think he had to like he had setbacks in his rehab. Like he was a struggle, and he didn't give up. Yeah, I never thought he was going to be coming back ever. But no, because I remember when he got the Tommy John, and then 
I was like, oh, well, he'll be back because everyone comes back from these now. And then he just didn't, and he just kind of fell off the face of the earth. And then I heard his name, and I'm like, wait, okay, never mind. That I, yeah. What? And then I looked more into him again, and he, his rehab backfired a couple times, and he kind of kidnapped Kevin, didn't keep – he kept fighting and all this stuff, and it's, I, I think it's a great story. I, I'm a sucker for a good story. I think this is definitely one of them. And of course, he's from Massachusetts, so that makes even it, better. Makes yep, it even he's better. a local. Do you know what town he's from exactly? I forget. Um, he lives in Milton. He was born in, Ma- in Boston. He was born in the city. Yeah. Well, there you go. N- nothing much better than pitching in the city you were born in. Um, Especially after all that time, it's great. I did just mention I didn't like the Red Sox winning. I, I kind of feel like I should touch on that now. Yeah. Um. The reason why people and don't 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 hate me on Twitter. Don't don't come after me until I explain it to you. Um, if they don't finish in the bottom ten of the league, you your your top ten draft pick, your like first round pick isn't guaranteed. You could lose it. Whereas if you finish in the top bottom ten, your first round pick is protected. So and at this point, you have nothing to play for. So why risk losing that draft pick? That's my con. I mean, I don't, I don't mind them winning. Like, I like it's fun to watch. And let's be honest, that first round pick isn't going to really do too much. Clearly, because they're having huge troubles with their scouting department apparently, because none of their those picks have panned out. But it would be Dombrowski's first pick. It might be better. Um, but who knows? So that's where I'm at with that. Obviously, I wouldn't be mad. I, I don't mind them winning, but I think that they might be doing the wrong thing by winning a lot. See, obviously, I want them to win because I'm expecting them to make the playoffs. So. So that's that. You you want to go to every playoff game, there, Mister? Yeah, on your on your bill. On my tab. Yep. That's right. Wow, that'd be one that'd be one expensive tab. Ring ring in the background there. Um, Yeah, gotta love telephones, right? Never shut up for us. (laughs) Um, But yeah, let's move on to what I just wanted to talk to uh, to the sense of Mookie Betts as well. And the big stat he threw at me was seventy one RBIs in the leadoff spot. For a guy who people might have not always wanted in the leadoff spot because Pedroia looked good in the leadoff spot before he got hurt back in the, uh, to earlier in the summer, Mookie Betts is making an argument to stay there and stay there with force. Yeah, he's really, really, really turned it on this year. I mean, he was he was doing good early in the year. He just wasn't having good luck where he was hitting the ball. But, I mean, in earlier the year, too, we were talking, oh, Mookie Betts with the 240 average, with the 245 average and everything. Well, his average, folks, is up to 290 now, so let's talk about that. Here's some stats for you. Right now, Betts is hitting 290, 15 home runs, 71 RBI, 35 doubles, 8 triples, 19 steals, 150 hits. Wow. And this guy's how that's, old? <laughs> that's, I'm sorry, that's crazy. Those are fantastic numbers, and he's 22 years old. Think about what he can do in like four or five years. How is he not? How are him and Bogarts both not going to be MVPs of the league if they're already this good? It's amazing. It's terrifying for the rest of the league. That's for sure. Yeah, it, it really. I think it. Yeah, it really is terrifying. I think this is the youth movement that we need, we were banking on, and it's finally coming. You finally see the. Well, obviously we see what Bogarts is, and he's competing for a batting title, really. Um, but now you see Mookie Betts doing this as well, and he's starting. He's averages well up there now, like you said, and. I, there's no reason for – and look, I will admit this if you all remember this. I, at the beginning of the year, was all for trading Mookie Betts if it meant get a front-line guy. I was all for it. Boy, was I wrong. Mm. I will put my foot in my mouth on that one because I love this guy. He, he's a hustler. He knows how to work. And with them, those three out in the outfield, if the, if the other two don't get traded, I, I think this outfield can be fun to watch with him at the helm in center field, I hope. 
Yeah, he's just a dynamic player. He makes things happen. If he makes a mistake, he makes up for it. He's just, he's got so much baseball sense, and he just flew through the minor leagues and so much success here. And just the numbers he's put up, the amount of extra base hits he had, I think it's, I'm not sure exactly what the numbers are, but he's like very close to having the most extra base hits for a player, like his certain age, you know, like a player under 23 years old or whatever. Because yep. Tony C, Tony Canigliaro had, had the most extra base hits for a player of a certain age, and Betts is like right in his doorstep, like a couple behind him. He'll probably pass him. So he's having a historic year for what he's doing at his age, and just knowing that how good he was supposed to be and how good he has been, it's it's got me excited for the next couple of years, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm excited going forward, and I think that with Mookie Betts playing the way he is, Xander Bogarts having this year that he has, and I think it's only going to co-op next year. Definitely going to get myself a uh, Xander Bogarts jersey. He's not going anywhere, Thank finally. I like to buy jerseys once I know someone's not getting traded. Um, hey, you never know, but you'd hope that's a good bet. <laughs> I'm banking on that. I, I, I finally bought a David Ortiz jersey because I don't think he's going anywhere. That was a couple years ago now. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, so see, like this, I like Mookie Betts, obviously, and numbers are killer right now. So I think moving forward, he's got Dombrowski's got to let this outfield play with, for Lavulo, and hopefully it uh, pans out because I, I, I like it. And hopefully, I mean, you might see Ruzne Castillo get traded, but I don't think so. I think I think this might be your outfield next year. If he keeps playing well, which he has been, he's a pretty dynamic player too. I mean, he's got good speed. He's got he will get better power. I think he's got a nice swing, and the three of them in the outfield with with Betts and Bradley is it's a good outfield. A lot of speed, a lot of fantastic play opportunities, and a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Okay. So another one I want to talk about since um, obviously Mookie Betts is playing well, Sanders playing well, Dustin Pedroia had been out for a while. And now he's back as well. So, do you? And I know this part of the this was one of the reach questions as well. Um, Jess, I feel like him being back has been great. Um, do me a favor and just read off his stats and see his comeback because they've been pretty good. I know it hasn't been. It's only like a week, but yeah, in the in the week it's not quite since he's come back. He's been back. Oh wait, no, no, no. He came back Tuesday. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, take that back. Uh, since returning, he's six for nineteen, which is like a three twenty average. Uh, three runs, one home run. Two doubles, three RBI. Pretty solid for just coming back from a long, long delay. He's played good defense, as he always does. And the question was his bat, because when he came back too early from his hamstring injury, he was one for 22. So the fact that he's six for 19, he's hit a home run, he's getting RBI, he's getting runs, it's a good sign. Yeah, I think it's a great sign. And I think it's also helping. I think it's another big veteran voice there with the young kids. I don't think the young kids need it right now. I think they're doing well on their own. Finally, I think they're starting to mature, but... It doesn't help to have Ortiz and Bedroy back there leading that clubhouse. I know Bedroy didn't go anywhere, but having him on the field is another big step. You don't have to have Rutledge in as much. Uh, Brock Holt doesn't play second base and as much as I really don't mind Brock Holt playing second base. But it kind of gives the field a little more continuity and regularity this time of year. to see, And it also gives Dombrowski a chance to see what they can do as a whole if they put line up, say, with Pedroia. And then if Hanley, whenever Hanley comes back, if he comes back, <laughs> if he, if he plays first base at all, you can kind of see your out your field for next year if that's the way he wants to go with that outfield. And I don't think Pablo's going anywhere. So Pablo, Xander, Pedroia, and then the mis- the mystery that is first base for next year can kind of play itself out. I wish Vasquez could come back this year, but that's not obviously going to happen. So um, it, it's a good chance to get kind of see what he's got going for next year without having to really guess. 
Yeah, and just having Pedroia back basically makes it seem more like a Red Sox team. Yeah. How can you can't deny that? It's it's just is a fact. Pedroia. Yeah, is, he, is, he is. Well, Red I mean, Sox. he is the Red Sox. Like, yep. so I, I think that um, it just seems right. Feels right. Yes. And getting him out there with Ortiz and Betts and Bogarts and and uh, all the rest of the guys. That's that's yep. your core, but all of them together, it's it's a fun team. They should keep winning games this year and keep those guys and and they have a really good team for the future. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be um, a good ending to the season. It's a reason to watch. I'm going to try and go again. It should be fun. Um, just keep Hanley and- far, far away, please. Yeah. Just, just, just uh, keep on the DL, and then maybe just happen to sneak a trade in there before we even hear about him playing again, because he doesn't need to come back. No, um, enough of that crap. I hope he doesn't. I really do. I, I first, I, I used to always sit here and think, oh, maybe we, I'd like him back. No. Oh, same. I, I totally did too, and I'm just done with it. I thought about it more and more, and the more he isn't playing, and the more I just know, like I don't make someone else. Do the more him. fun they are to watch, the less it seems like a drag and a hassle. <laughs> it yeah, makes everything feel like, like a hassle. It's like, oh. Hanley, ugh. <laughs> you know, I have to, I have to go get the this ball. I have to play. I, I, that's awful. No, it sucks. No, no, it's it's fine. It's not. He it's not really stick. fun to like hold your breath every time the ball's hit to left field. That's no. That's no reason. That's no way to watch a game. <laughs> every time it goes to left field, I expect it to not be caught yeah. when he was playing. I didn't even think about it. I didn't even hold my breath. I just thought, oh well, there's a, there's a hit. I don't even care if it goes right to him. There's a hit. That's terrible. There's an error. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's no fun to watch. Now I'm like, oh, who's gonna make a diving play today? Yeah. Like. Who's, who's going to jump over the wall? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? So um, I think this outfield's fun, and I just think Hanley needs to just stay in the car. Just leave the car running, leave the window cracked, and we'll get to him later. Get out of town. <laughs> get out of town. Take that car the and leave. Take, <laughs> leave the keys in the car, and maybe he'll take the bait. Yeah. It's best bet at this point. Um, but, yeah, so we got some games coming up, Jess, and we're going to uh, – let's preview these before we get out of here. Um, we've got some games this week. We've got three at the Orioles, and then – Three against the Blue Jays at on the road Six as well. All on the road this week. Yeah. Six road games. Nice little Continuing road. The nine game home uh, road road trip. Road trip here. Um, O's. I, I came. I know you did, but I came so close to saying more than two out of three. I'm going to say two out of three from the O's because for some reason I just feel like something's going to happen at Camden that we're going to lose a game. But and it's not because it's on the road. <laughs> um, I I wanted to say sweet, but I'm going to go with two out of three. Yeah, it's it's always tough on the road. It's tough to pick sweeps on the road, and they don't happen very often. But the Sox are right on the on the Orioles' tail. They're one game behind them, so they could take another lead and get out of fifth place, potentially into third place if the Rays lose some games, because the Sox are only one game behind the Rays. The three teams separated by one game right now at the bottom of the East. So the Sox could potentially be in third place in a couple days. So race for third. Yeah, it's. <laughs> It's fun to watch, and I feel like the Sox are playing better than both teams. They're definitely playing better than the Orioles, and they just beat the Rays two out of three and could have swept them. So I would say they're playing better than them too. So you know, it's it's happening. The Sox are playing better than a lot of teams right now because their young core and veteran guys are all playing together and playing well, and the pitching's pitching pretty well. So I see no reason not to predict a sweep because they got to continue their playoff push, and the Orioles can be had right now. And then after that, got uh, like I said, three at the Jays as well. We just played the Blue Jays. Um, this time they're going to be on the road. Um, I like them losing two out of three of the Jays. I know they just won two out of three, or whatever. I, I get it, but they're on the road this time. Toronto's got some good fans up there now because they're doing well, and the place can get kind of loud. And I, I, I just like them t- losing two out of three this week 
from the Jays, putting them at three and three on the week, coming home next week. Totally respectable. The Jays are twenty uh, forty seven and twenty five at home. Really good. They're, they're a really good home team, which is why I'm concerned about what I picked, which was win two out of three. Ballsy. But I want this playoff pitch to continue. I want a five and one week, and uh, beating teams in the division will certainly help that. And it's tough. It's because they beat the Jays two out of three, but the Jays were on the road where they're actually 35 and 36 under 500. So a lot less chance of that happening at Rogers Center. But you know what? I'm picking it anyway. Ballsy, my friends. You just can't contradict yourself because you want to go to every playoff game. So you can't really say they're going to lose and want to go to the playoffs. Right, because then if they lose two out of three, then it's a four and two week, which is not terrible. In fact, it's pretty good but it's going to hurt your chances to make the playoffs because they really need to win, like, five out of six games. I can't believe you're talking about making the playoffs. <laughs> I got to keep it up. And you said that with such a straight face, like you thought it was going to happen. You just seen that. You said that so calmly and so collectively that you, I think you convinced yourself they're going to make the playoffs. Oh, yeah, I have. <laughs> I've totally convinced like, myself. Uh, like, you, you have the mindset like Joe Kelly did when he predicted he was going to win the Cy Young. Like, you sincerely believe it. And he was wrong at first, and then he's turning in to be right now, so I'll turn to be right, too. But he's not going to win the Cy Young. Yeah, like, the Red Sox are not going to make the uh, playoffs. You know, hold your... And well, hold your yeah, you know. There's, there's uh, seven okay, games I'm out not... of the wild card right now. Uh, there's how many games left? Uh, let's see, what's 68 plus 74? That's tough math. Shoot. Well, yeah, you're trying too hard right now. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm figuring this out. i got to calculate right here. All right, we got 68 and 74. Six games under 500, which, mind you, is the closest they've been to 500 in three months. Thank you. I didn't say they weren't playing well. I just oh, said I they're not going to play. I'm not saying anything about you. I'm just saying period. All right. They, they, not, they, they had 20 games left. They're seven games down. They need to win, like, all of them. They do. They. I mean, they need to go, like, yeah, like 18-2, and 17-3. Sounds crazy. Imagine enough. if they did. That's, like, Rockies right there. That's Rockies territory. You remember what I said last show? I, I mentioned, it's not I mentioned those same Rockies that we're speaking of. Who won? If they go three, if they, if I'm right and they go three and three this week, that pretty much pulls them out of the playoffs. Well, yeah, which is why I'm picking five and one because I have to. <laughs> I'm required. You can pick four and two and they can still make it. Yeah, you do have to pick five and one. Um, I feel like I'm required by law to to uh, keep that up. You are, and we're gonna. Uh, Lauren and I are gonna tell you that you're wrong. The resident optimist. Oh, I guarantee you, Lauren would be picking five and one this week. No question. Probably. Yeah, you guys aren't usually on the same page. Let's ask her next, uh, next week because I bet she would have. <laughs> and we'll find out next week when I'm hopefully right. We'll find out next week for sure. Well, there you go. Another episode. Uh, this week's episode, of course, was brought to you by Casper.com, an, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. Get $50 off any mattress purchased by visiting Casper.com backslash Celtics and enter that promo code Celtics to get that uh, lovely $50 off. Great products. Nice and cozy mattresses. Always a good stuff. Um, Maybe the Red Sox are sleeping on them. That's why they're playing so well. Maybe. Probably. Wouldn't surprise yeah. me. If I got a good night's sleep in one of those babies, I'd be pumping out great work all the time. Um, but there you go. Uh, again, next week's going to be great. Hopefully have Lauren back. Hopefully the three of us will do a show together. But uh, we got some good talk in this week. Uh, good baseball looking forward to this week. Coming up, again, you can find us, don't forget, uh, Facebook, Tumblr, all the nine yards. Uh, look, us, look out for Reddit sooner rather than later, hopefully, as well. Uh, it seems like that's going to be a CLNS widespread thing. We're going to all be on there and have all of our written and audio coverage on there as well. So check that out. Um, and obviously the biggest thing we always ask you guys to do is go on iTunes, share us, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff on iTunes. It's the biggest thing you can do. Uh, but other than that, 
I got nothing left. I know Jess doesn't have anything left because he's just preaching making the playoffs, and that means he's turning in for the night because he's going crazy. Um, means I'm going to go watch so some good go. Red Sox baseball. That's what it means. I'm going to go watch my football. Um, there you go. <laughs> football season, baby. You see where um, our priorities lie. That's why I'm going to be right. There it is. There's this week. We'll leave it at that. Um, until next week, again, Jess Thomas, I'm Garrett Skelly. We'll see you next week. Uh, bye-bye. Good night.